What's up, everybody? How y'all doing today on this beautiful Saturday? We're doing good. Good afternoon. Chilling like a villain. Donald Trump is ridiculous. Help me, Lord. Okay, anyways. May everybody please introduce yourselves. Let the people know who you is. I am Mercedes Ross. My name is Mark Basiaki. I'm Melton Keys. Prince Holmes. My name is J.P. Stansel. And today we're going to start out with the title of this podcast, which is Do Not Resuscitate. It's Do Not Bring Back. I can't think of no more uh, uh, phrases, synonyms to that. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to ask y'all the first question, which is, does God ever say no when we ask for healing? No. I don't think so. Um, Possibly. The reason being... um, that I don't think God says no to, um, what did you say, resuscitating? To, to healing. To healing. healing. Oh. Um, because I think our interpretation of uh, healing is not God's interpretation or perception. Um, people just may view it as, um, I don't know. I can't even think of what I'm trying to say. Or uh, it just ne- it, it may not be what... Um, I guess God, you know, his plan is for it. So um, we want everything now, and God may be trying to tell you to wait or you have to go through a certain experience to get your healing. So And healing is such like a broad term. There's levels to healing, you know what I'm saying? Like if I ask God to heal my little, uh, little boo-boo I got from a splinter, you know, that's completely different from healing a 30-year uh, uh, emotional wound because someone molested me when I was five. That's, these, are, these are different levels to, to the healing. So I don't think God ever says really no. It's just the process in which we get to that healing is different from, like Prince said, our interpretation of what that would be. I think that God does not deny us healing, but we have to be open to accepting it because some of us ask for healing, but when God says, um, well, I have to remove this in order to to get this taken care of in your life, some of us don't want to detach from certain things, or some of us, uh, I just think that, like uh, Prince said, it's God has a certain purpose for us when it comes to going through things. So, you know, our v- version of healing and God's yes uh, can be perverted. Our version is perverted compared to what God's That's purpose is. real interesting. So when we don't get healed, it's our fault? It's not our- that it's our fault. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would agree. It's not, it's, not, it's not that it's our fault at all. It's really more that, okay, you, when you go to a doctor and ask for a diagnosis and ask for how long it's going to take, you may think for your healing it might take two weeks. The doctor will tell you you need six months of not having to do nothing. But your brain 
your 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 own selfishness or your own pride will make you think, oh man, two weeks and I got this. I can still move around. I can still do it out, whatever I want to do. But it took six months to you properly know, be healed. To add to that analogy, I work in dentistry. So when we do an extraction of teeth, we always tell patient um, in the disclosure, because God gives us disclosures and provisions to certain things in our lives. But we in the disclosure we say, okay, you you cannot smoke or or rinse or do certain things because you are at risk of getting a dry socket, which makes the pain very bad. So uh, a patient can say, okay, how long? And we'll say 48 hours, and then you should be healed, but you cannot smoke. If you're a smoker, you can't smoke in 48 hours or you're going to get a dry socket. And in not even 24 hours, a patient will smoke. So <laughs> in those instances, yeah, it's our fault because we didn't abide to the provision that was placed before us. However, um, it's almost like saying, well, how can we not get, we can't get salvation unless we accept Jesus. And I wanted to add something kind of going back um, I don't think, um, man, I always forget my thought. Oh, I feel like God wants us to grow. So me, like just me thinking logically, why would he deny you growth? I feel like that would be, you know, because you want to, God, I don't know. I feel like he wants to wants you to be healed in a positive way. So it's like, why would he say no to that? So God wants everybody to be eventually perfectly healed, right? I yes. Like, I feel like yes. I, feel like I think I want to see it. Yeah. Why not? Everybody. Okay. What? Why? Why wouldn't God want you to, um, if you go through adversity in your life or what you feel is adversity, why would God not want you to grow from that experience in a positive way? So, so you're making the assumption that there, there's no one who's heard no about their healing. No, I'm just saying your interpretation of it may be no. Okay. Like I said, it could be you could. Whoa, whoa, hang on. You you. I, I, go ahead. I, I was gonna say any answer you think you get is all interpretations. It's right. all assumptions. God literally does not say to you, you know, yes or no. Even though I gave the doctor's analogy about you know the doctor would say six months, God isn't saying nothing. Mm-hmm. He's not saying anything back to you. He's not telling you, hey, this is the prescribed, the prescribed time that you need to be uh, uh, healed for. It's, it's literally silence. So you do not know if it was a yes nor a no, but we're just assuming because of how events kind of play out that most of the time it's a yes. It just wasn't like how we looked, how we assumed it was supposed to look like. Welcome to episode three of the Why Not Podcast, where our mission statement is connecting young adults to freedom in Christ through actively building relationships. This week, we're discussing Lazarus and the situation that happened when he got sick. But we're looking at it from the standpoint of, are there times where God says no to healing? I mean, when you think about it, some relationships may never be healed or mended, no matter how much you pray for them to be. Some opportunities may forever be closed off to you, maybe because that's not where God wants you to go in life. Some emotions you have towards some people or things, God may not take them away. Maybe he wants you to overcome these emotions so that you can better learn from them. These are all great questions, but 
here's a better one. Okay. Do I need healing? I do, yeah. You mean no, like, not you. I'm being very specific. Do I need healing from my condition? That's a, that's a, I don't, that's a, that's I don't know one. your condition. No, well, here's, here's the thing. I will say, because I know you, you do need healing, but not from your condition. Mm-hmm. I think there are parts of your life other th- that have happened because of your condition that you need healing from, but not specifically your condition. So now, if you, now, we've if, oh, been praying for 33 years about my condition. You're, first you told me that God always says yes to healing. Now you're telling me, but wait, Melton, you actually don't need it. What? Well, hold Why on. Why can't I play the piano? Again. Why can't I walk into a straight line? Again, I think my previous statement of our assumptions on yes or no are all assumptions. I never said that you didn't need healing, nor that I say that God always says yes. I, know, I think God doesn't necessarily want to uh, take you away from healing. But again, I think God's perception of healing, what if God does, may not see you as someone that needs healing at all, mm-hmm. sees you perfectly fine. Or what if my perception, are... my perception, or doctors' perceptions, or, or other people's perception may be, bro, Milton needs needs healing. Milton needs all all this stuff. But God can see, like I made him perfectly fine. So I'm like, I, for, for because of that, when we're talking about God's perspective on things, that's that's totally different from how how we view things. All right, I do want to read the verse, but before that, there is something I want to say. So. Because I, I hear all of your answers. I just want to add this in there that sometimes, because I, I definitely feel what Mark is saying about uh, God sometimes sees us as uh, already fine, or as already healed, even if we have certain conditions. But sometimes I think He may give us conditions to better, to heal other people. Mm-hmm. So some people might not be able to walk. To show people what it what it what it's like to not walk, or to show people that I can still do things, regardless of of my condition. So, if if Milton right has cerebral palsy and he he can't his motor functions don't work the same way that everybody else's motor functions work. He may not he may think that, hey, I want to pick up this cup, right? But his arm may not do exactly what, it's, what he's set telling it to do. But at the same time, I see Milton do incredible things all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I see Milton compose symphonies. I see Milton compose choirs and make music. I see Milton drive a car. So despite his condition, like, it, it heals me to see him do these things. For this closure, I am the teacher on this episode, so I am completely setting you all up. However, I want to push you all deeper. 
What do you tell someone like me? Because yeah. that, that sounds great, JP, and I believe that. But, but the reason why I pushed y'all so hard was not because y'all were wrong. Mm. I was setting you up. Because you can't tell somebody with a illness that has no cure that they were born with at birth that God heals everyone. You just didn't need healing. Because mm-hmm. some of these folks are in pain 24 hours a day. So what does that make them think about our God? So again, I actually agree with all of you, um, but I'm setting you up. Well, I think, number one, I get into conversations about this all the time. Because, you know, you got to, it's almost goes back to that existential question. If God is so loving, why is there suffering? You know, why is there pain in this world if God loves us so much, right? And uh, to be honest, you know, I can, we can go around philosophical circles and, and try to, you know, figure out some nice, you know, tied in a bow answer, but. The most important thing for me, if someone is asking me, you know, about you know them getting healing and and them growing up in that particular position, I wouldn't even really say that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say God. God wants to heal you, or God, you know, wants to heal you from from your ailment. I would never say a single thing like that because I feel like that's totally like I've not been in that person's life. That totally secludes me from their relationship. I can say something, the statement that I said before about there are things that about Milton, you, you need healing from because of the, the events that happen around your condition. I can say that because I know you and I've been a part of, and I've been a part of your life for at least the last two years or so. But I can't say that to somebody fresh off, you know, uh, uh, you know, finding out something awful and saying, oh, no, you know, God's going to heal you. Everything, everything's going to be perfectly fine. And then everything isn't perfectly fine. And then, then just leave it at that. I got it. Like, I feel like those kind of blanket statements can be very harmful because it can misrepresent what God's really trying to do. I know um, a good friend of mine, she's um, recently for the past few years, she's been battling a condition that is really rare, but it causes her intense pain. Um, and it just comes and goes whenever, and it, and it definitely affects her quality of life. Um, is it and No, and it, it, it targets a specific area of her body. And from, you know, she's seen some several specialists and they tell her there's no cure and there's no relief for the pain other than like a sedative type of pill, um, which, you know, makes you loopy and drowsy and stuff, which also affects your quality of life. So, you know, a few times we've had conversations and she would like share with me, you know, sometimes she will be curled up in pain. Um, like she's just, you know, just exploding from the inside and she will ask God like you know I've done everything that you asked I tried to walk according I believe I have faith in you why is it that you haven't taken this from me why am I still going through this pain I know that you're healing God and in that instance honestly I don't know what to say 
you know, I try to encourage her the best I can, but, you know, it's hard to, um, not that I'm not empathetic for her or that I don't have compassion for her situation, but I am, like Mark said, I am not in that, that shoe. I've been in pain, I've been, but not living in daily pain and suffering. And, and you know that you have belief in God and his healing powers and his miracles in your heart, but you see no evidence of that in, in, in your situation or your condition. So um, honestly, I, that's the part that really leaves me kind of taken back and not really understanding, okay, God, what is your purpose for this? I will say in my uh, predicament, my disability helps me minister because people always say stuff like, oh, you're not really disabled, are you? No, I do what I want. So, again, I, I do believe God uses some things but I wanted to push that issue because we got to watch how we tell people that. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, God's using this. And Mark, Mark knows the other time I'm like, Mark, if I didn't have this problem, do you know where I would be, what I would be doing? That's, man, that's so disheartening and like awful that you're even in this predicament because all this is really, and I'm sorry, this is just a small aside, but just personally, I feel like anybody with as much talent as you would literally be further than you just because of the way they look. And in a society where, you know, I'm sorry to say, give, put you an example here, but Prince would probably get the job faster than Milton does just because of the fact that he looks good. That's it. Not to say Milton don't look good. Milton does look good. Put a suit on a brother and a good, good nice do. tie. You know what, what are you saying? talking you know about? Saying? He kills you, you, you kill him for real. But I'm saying, but I'm saying you know, because, because of the way Milton speaks, because of the way Milton walks, people see that and assume that he can't. See? Whatever. And it's and that's that's the that's the main issue. It's that it's that it's that in this society and the way that not just in this society, but the way humans think, it's just I gotta make quick decisions, quick, you know, assumptions about a person before really getting into a relationship with this person oh, and getting to know how these people we're work. we're shallow. As human beings we're shallow. That that's really what this boils down to. Like we we don't look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is Milton can minister to people because of because of his disability. Like he can minister to people. Like that's more important than than anything else. So I I want you guys because this takes us to our text. I want you guys to uh, look at the bigger picture when we're reading this text. So if you would turn your Bibles to uh, John 11, 1 through thirteen. NLT version. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, 
Your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day during the day. People can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Now, before we get back into the discussion, I want you to keep in mind everything that just happened. If you have your Bible out, I would advise you to keep it out because the next question we ask uh, pertains directly to what just happened in this text. So let's get back into the discussion. How many people that Jesus just put in jeopardy? In, in this story, everybody just calling on everybody. Okay, let's see. Let's count. We got Mary, we got Martha, we got the 12 disciples. It's 14 already. Wait, why are Mary and Martha in jeopardy? Because they're with them, they just entourage. They're not with them, they're not. They went, they went back to, uh, to Lazarus. But Lazarus is in Judea, right? Yeah, they just told Jesus. I know, but I'm saying... That he was sick, and then they went back. They went back to Jerusalem, or did they go back to Judea with, with, with Lazarus? They eventually went to Judea. So I'm, so I'm right. You, get, you well, just put in jeopardy Martha and, and Mary. He is right. Think about it. I mean, if, if they're there, if the, the fact that they're there means they're in jeopardy no matter what. He's right. So it's, you got Martha, Mary, you got the 12 disciples, so you got 14 people there. I'm assuming, well, I mean, Lazarus is already dead. I don't know how much jeopardy you can put a brother that's already dead. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave him remember, out. remember, Jesus jeopardizes Lazarus' life. He does. Yeah. He literally does. Like, yeah. he, he dies. He, he, de- he definitely <laughs> dies. I'm saying, like, and I'm, I'm agreeing with it. That's why Lazarus, I mean, he's man, bro. So, again. Hold on. What do, what do you mean he jeopardized? Because, Jesus again, Je- Jesus. Because he every, was sick and he could at, heal him? At, at that time, right? At that time, again, Jesus. this is when Jesus is, is doing all his miracles, he healing was, people. Everybody's calling, requesting that, you know, hey, I need this healing, this healing, this healing. This guy is in the midst of sickness. Jesus is like. So you want to put that on Jesus. Like, Jesus is like. <laughs> Dude, he's no, the he healer. He puts it on his himself. His name is the healer. He puts it on himself because he specifically mean? says. But how, how is it that he, can, he jeopardized him when he knew, Jesus knew. I'm going. I'm going to bring bro back to life. So, is I mean, is jeopardizing his first life? 
but he brought it back to life. So it's like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, did yeah, he really I, jeopardize him? Yeah, well, Lando, we're, we're trying to take it step by step. Okay, so from from the in, the initial, we okay, he's sick. Let's just hold off. Let's just wait. Yeah, he jeopardized let, him. Let, let me put it to you this way. Lazarus has something that requires penicillin. Mm-hmm. All he needs is penicillin and he's straight. Jesus is penicillin and Jesus waited. How do you think Mary and Martha felt? I think they probably feel like a lot of people feel in society right now. It's like, I need my healing. I need it right now. Like he and, held well, back. Well, I mean, even, I don't know. I, that's, I like guess why, that was like why, a, why are you going to wait? I mean, no. Look, imagine, imagine this. this. How mad would you be? And this is you. Not just my family. How mad would you be, right? If I had some peanuts, right? And you know I'm allergic to peanuts. And I had, I went into, uh, I went into shock in an episode. And literally all you guys had to do, or all somebody had to do, was run across the hallway, right? Get my backpack and give me my EpiPen. But that doesn't mean it's anybody's fault, though. That's what I'm getting at. But y'all were like, wait. Yeah, that's neglect. Somebody was like, that's neglect. But that's exactly what Jesus just did. So I would feel like, like (laughs) if it was my brother and I know he was on his deathbed and Jesus had... The, the way to cure him and he 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 waited well, he waited I would feel like you neglected him well and and the other thing is to to add, to add on to that because I agree with that is it was intentional neglect yeah. it was it was it, he literally says Lazarus uh, uh, sickness will not just end in death yeah, and, like, and his healing won't that's like if your doctor. You know the doc, that, that that's you're what I was under the say. care. Doctors do that now. Yeah, if you're that's under the care saying. of a physician and they know, okay, this is what we're supposed but you to don't do. Have you see it on house all the time. But you don't have insurance. <laughs> you see it on house it's, all the time. That's what I was so getting at. Yeah. But you don't have insurance. He, so we like can't house do it. thinks that he has such like this. This okay, I, I've got it figured out. This is what we're gonna do. Or he'll say, you know what? Don't do that. Wait, wait, because he has some other theory. In my mind, and, and everybody else cure. around, it's like you're you're neglecting. Just do it. What are yeah. you waiting for? Yeah. So yeah. I would I would be I would have been frustrated. And then like to to again his point, the difference between these two situations is one uh, a doctor trying not not to not trying to uh, heal someone because of insurance. That's 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 a, a moment of, of greed. But in yeah. Jesus' situation, it's a moment of yeah. because God's gonna get the glory, mm-hmm. which. Even though that's different, it still doesn't sound good. I was you tell, say, let's you tell take that intention to me. out of you, it. If you, I you tell you t- you told it, if you told any, if I told you, hey, you know, I'm gonna just go ahead and let uh, JP die from 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 shock because uh, I'm gonna bring him back to life, and so God can get the glory. <laughs> Y'all look at me like I was <laughs> like I was stupid. <laughs> Like, okay, if you like, say so. Like, like, even though you, like, even if you see me heal other people, you just be like, okay, Mark, now you being, now you just being unnecessary. Like, what, why? Like, you could easily heal JP. Why would you just hold off and wait off of the glory of God? Bump the glory of God. He needs healing. Like, All right. Like, so when I was reading this, I, I had a really, 
I, I really had a problem with this. Only because not only did he neglect them, he because because remember Lazarus lives in Bethany, right? He neglects going to Bethany. He's like, he'll be fine. And then he turns to twelve disciples. He's like, hey, you want to go to Judea? Yo, what in the world? You go, you go, you go, go in a different direction, and just, just hey, uh, yeah, nah, my friends over there dying, and uh, no, no, well, maybe it's in Judea, maybe. So to understand what's going on here, we need to understand the geography of our story. First of all. Judea was a province, so it's like in our time, a state. It was basically the whole country west of the Jordan, Judea meaning land of the Jews. Bethany is a village in Judea. So it was on the east side of the Mount of Olives. That's how Jesus could go to Bethany and go to Judea at the same time. Just like we can be in Indianapolis, Indiana, or New York, New York. Because the city is in the state like the village is in the province. And then on top of that, right? On top of that, he he has this weird like diatribe in the middle of him talking. Like he's like, hey, let's go to Judea. They're like, uh, aren't they gonna stone you? And then he was, he replied, this is what he replied. There are 12 hours of daylight every day <laughs> during the day. People can walk safely. They can see because they have light of this world, but at night there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. I mean, like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, How are you going to speak to me in riddles? How are you going to speak to me in parables? This is not, now is not the time. <laughs> now, let, let's go here now. Okay. And then what does he say? And then, <laughs> and then, he, after, after he just says that, he's like, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. So but what? now we'll go wake him up. So Dude, what are you waiting so for? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Yeah. And have faith. Jesus says, basically, I got to do work while I can do work. That's why we're going back to Judea. But check this. If I was the disciples, I would not be confident. Bro, you just let Lazarus die. And now you want me to trust you to go back where they're going to kill you, for real? Well, at the same time, do the disciples, again, the disciples actually know that Lazarus is dead? Yes, or at least have he stayed. says Lazarus After is the fact, dead. but when you talk, but when he first started, when he said, I'm going to Judea, 
right? Why you, why would you go why would you go to the jail? It only shows in here that that Mary and Martha spoke to Jesus and nor nor it doesn't say in here that Jesus told the disciples well, it, what it, happened. It does it does say later. Well, a little like but I'm saying like in a the couple of, of seconds later so, he says uh, it. But a couple of seconds later I'm talking beforehand. He they if they I think if they knew about the Lazarus thing going on beforehand they would be a little bit more gung ho to go because they understand now why you're going to Judea. Because if because at the beginning, if I have no context about Lazarus, I'm just hearing, "Hey, we're gonna go to Judea." Uh, last time we went to Judea, they tried to kill us. Um, why are we going to Judea? And then he says Lazarus fell asleep. They don't know if they knew that Lazarus was dead or, or at least was in, was sick. They'd be like, uh, "Well, last time we heard of Lazarus, he was sick. How can you now just be asleep?" They don't know that that, that Lazarus is. They don't know that God is speaking and Jesus is speaking in a parable and riddle the entire time. So when they hear, you know, him saying Lazarus is asleep, they don't, they're not hearing it metaphorically. They're hearing it literally. It's like, okay, cool. That, mean, that means that he should be able to wake up pretty soon, right? It's like, no, Lazarus is dead. Oh, so we got to go. You know, so I, I, I feel like we're putting a little bit more on the disciples than we should because there's a little bit of context that they may not have gotten before this conversation happened. Yeah, but why didn't Jesus just say that? It's a lot going on here. I believe they knew he was sick. Because they're like, if he's sleeping, he's probably doing better. Look at the text. The text says, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will get better. They knew he was sick. No, it says they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But then yeah. they said, if he if is sleeping, sleeping, no, I'm saying it literally says the disciples better. said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply asleep. Right. Jesus right. meant Lazarus had died. So, if, so if right. they say better, I think the translate because the translation says better, we're assuming that they, they know that he's asleep. But there is no context or even anything prior to before that to indicate to us that the disciples knew anything whatsoever. And their and their responses to him show that they probably don't know. Because if they did know context, the argument would be different. Why would we go to Judea for a man who's already dead? Why would we go to Judea for, for, for someone who, who who's But why didn't they, they make that argument? Say, because they did not know at first. They no, knew he was when, sick though. When they, they wait when they found out he was dead, they did not make that argument. Oh yeah, nah, they didn't. They was like, "Yo, let's we we about to die with you." Let's no. go and die. That yes. was their response. Their response was not, "Why are we going?" He already did. Their response was, "He did. We gonna die too." Well, then it that, that, that even is. more solidifies the fact that they didn't know he was sick before. But they know. They knew he was sick. They didn't know he had died. Cause okay, if you read the beginning, it says. Uh, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. And, uh, but he, that's Martha and Mary oh, telling, Martha and Mary. telling Jesus hold on, hold on, that. Not, not them telling the disciples that. Disciples do not know. 
And when they find out, as soon as they find out why they're going to Judea, and he says, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I'm glad Actually, I wasn't there. For now, you can see that now you It doesn't really say anything about the disciples. Let's go, let's go see him. And then Thomas says, okay, let's go die. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's, let, uh, we're ready to go, because now we know what the mission is. We're, we're good. I don't so think the disciples... Now that I think about it, low-key, Jesus kind of kept the whole, like, Lazarus... The whole thing under wraps. Like... Yeah, I kind of under wraps because literally all he says to them is, uh, "You want to go to Judea?" So it's like he doesn't tell him them like why or like that he's sick or anything. He's just like, "Hey, you want to go to Judea?" Oh my God! So it's like <laughs> then you have a different. So the response to you that they're having is a proper response to the context that's given to them. The only reason we assume that is because we get the context beforehand. But they, they probably have no idea what's going on. And as soon as they find out, they're like, okay, cool. I'm, we're ready to die. And I, and I feel like... That, that's kind of monumental in itself, though. Yeah. The fact they were willing to go die. Because, I mean, there's, there's no... There's the, especially with our series... Let's were, pause right there. They were willing to go die to help people? What do you mean? Yes. Well, specifically, so again, when they say go to Judea, the last time they said they went to Judea, they almost got killed. They know the next time they're definitely going to get killed. And so when they say let's go, die, let's go to and die with Jesus, they're saying we don't expect to make it out of Judea. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're dying for the cause. To spread the word. And it's, 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 it's not, I feel like this isn't even to spread really word. It's like we, we're, we're going to heal somebody and we're going to witness Jesus heal somebody. That, that's all we know, we really know to do. Let's go ahead and do it. Now remember, these folks were fighting against like the Jewish folks and the Roman Empire. So they thought they would become martyrs. But think, I think it's deep that they were willing to go die with Jesus. And then my other question or comment was, how do you know, maybe I missed it, but how do we know they weren't there when the sisters told Jesus? We don't. That was my point. There's no statement that says the disciples were there when, or not there. Or even not there. We're just assuming out of the context surrounding the conversation. So when it says, when it says, the only reason we say they weren't there is because they're specifically named people. We got Lazarus, I mean, we got Martha, Mary, and Jesus specifically talking. And so whenever, after Jesus spoke, it says, so although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. They would have named the disciples earlier and said, you know, when, when, when Martha and Mary told Jesus, they would have said, Jesus and his disciples. They only named him after he finally tells them, let's go to Judea. So that's, that's why we come to the, I, I came to that conclusion that they weren't there finding out about the sickness because they weren't named at all. See, here's my claim. Mary and Martha asked Jesus to heal Lazarus, and Jesus said no. Hmm. Did he say no? He, he, he said okay, no. So he, so, so he said he directly said no. I don't Yo, think he said if, no. But 
if if you go to or your is mom, he saying not right now? But is in reality, from what we're reading, is he saying not right now? If you go to your I mom and you ask, no, I, I, that's a question. And you, if you go to your mom and you ask her, "Hey, mom, can I get a dollar?" If she say no, that means hey, no. no. And instead of saying no, she says something like, uh, "She was, was like, don't ask me that." That means no. Okay, let's stop right here real quick and talk about what happens when God says no. Because I know me, when God tells me no, I'm like, well, why not? But then you have to sit back and understand that when God tells you no, it's usually for your own benefit. Matter of fact, it's always for your own benefit. And sometimes we want things that are detrimental to our success and detrimental to our relationship with Christ. I mean, if we're being honest, we want things for our own selfish reasons and our own selfish gain. So when we say, oh, well, God, just heal me from whatever pain I'm experiencing at the moment, then we forget why he's even healing us in the first place i mean lazarus being resurrected was for god's glory and he couldn't heal him because healing him at that moment would not have given god the glory having people see that he died and that the only way for him to even come back was through Jesus that gave God the glory so maybe instead of us asking God to immediately heal our pains or basically telling him to come swoop down like a a superhero and save us we should ask him how is he going to get the glory in whatever situation that we're going through. And that it's kind of hard for us to do because when you're hurt, when you need healing, your emotions come into play. And when your emotions come into play, that's not the first thing you want to ask. You more feel like this. I cry. <laughs> yes. I would be hurt. I would be sad. I would feel hopeless. That's I would feel the same way, but I would. I feel like I would also be trying to figure out like why, 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 why would he say no? Yeah, and, I mean, and, and me, I'm a positive person, so I would try to hope. I would hope that there's something else in plan. I mean, I feel like that's all you can really do. Is hope a, that there's something else. Being a person of faith. Um, yeah, if if I really, really, really wanted something. To, to manifest in my life, and I knew, and I'm like God, you know, I know you can do it. And then uh, a, a door closes, and you know, yeah. At first, I would be hurt, I would be devastated. I'm not looking at the, you know, retrospectively. You know what? He's probably, you know, this is gonna come out for his glory, or he's probably protecting me from this type of devastation. Had that door actually opened in my life, or or, or whatever you may have it, but 
Um, yeah, in that moment, I'm hurt. You know, I'm sad. I feel sure. disappointed um, in not having the opportunity. And then after I get through all of those emotions, you know, then I have to try to recharge my faith and reactivate mm. my faith. But initially, um, yeah, I mean, there's an element of, of devastation. Disappointment. Or, you know, yeah, disappointment that you, that you deal with when God says no or closes a door in your life, especially if you really, really wanted this thing to, to happen. I think... Um First of all, it does say in the text that he says no, but it's like the sentence is, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No. It happened for the glory of God so that the son will receive glory for this. That's the only time he actually ever says no. Like literally, the word no came out of his mouth. We have Jesus from jump saying, Lazarus can't, won't stay dead, y'all. So we got that at the start, didn't he let him die? I need you to understand the significance of waiting three days. In the Jewish belief, your spirit hovered over your body for three days. So in the Jewish belief, you're not really dead until three days later. Hmm. So he waited till he was dead there, yeah. Like for real dead. And we also learn if you look at medical science, after three days your body is like mush. He was trying to prove a point that this wasn't a magic trick. This was literally impossible. My point here is Jesus does stuff, God does stuff, even though we don't understand it, he does it for a greater good. Now, just real quick, I don't mean to correct you at all. But uh, it says that he, did, he waited until Lazarus was dead for four days. And that, that's not necessarily to correct you. It's just to say that, that after that, even that's worse. worse. It's even worse. I was about to say, after it's three even. days, I think your body starts decaying. Yeah. So, like, after four days, it's, it's even worse. So the smell from the, uh, the tomb, uh, so, the, so the smell pretty much envelops. It's awful. Like you start, like like maggots start to come in, like it's it, it's real bad. Like, uh, and the only reason I know that, yeah. only reason I know that is because of upon this rock. Hey, upon <laughs> this rock. Shout out, shout out, shout play, out. That play was hard. Uh, but check this out. As soon as you die, your body starts to decay, and because there are so many bacteria in our bodies for digestion and other things that bacteria starts to eat away at our bodies also our bodies are chemical in nature so what happens is we're not getting oxygen anymore and 
carbon dioxide is collecting in our bodies, and that is causing the tissues and the cells in our bodies to change. As a matter of fact, some of the cells start to die and explode as time progresses. So by the time Jesus got to Lazarus, he was a chemical mess. And these chemicals also compromise the integrity of our muscles and our joints and our bones eventually. So not only was Lazarus really dead, but his body was not in livable shape anymore. So when Jesus says, get up, not only did Lazarus revive, but his body was restored back to a healthy form. God can get the glory out of death. Do y'all believe that? Yes, but at the same time, it's hard for, to be honest, it's hard for any human being to be okay with that. Like, you hear that, you know, God's okay with, with, okay, because of the fact that we live this life, you know, it's hard for our perspective to ever match his. And so when you say, you know, you know, God gets the glory even out of, out of death, you know, we can say we believe that, but none of us actually want to die. None of us actually want to go through the act of dying or even want to see someone that we that we uh, that we love close to us die. You know, if 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 that were the case, then we wouldn't necessarily uh, feel the same way that we felt if somebody did die. You didn't you, as much as as much as and this is probably the hardest thing. This is why I do not envy pastors whatsoever, ever, 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 because I feel like the funeral is like the hardest day of a pastor's life because essentially it's what you're miserable. essentially what you're doing is you're basically telling these people I have tried to prepare you all of my life all of my ministry to prepare you for the day that you finally see God and this is a day where somebody actually is going to see God and you got to tell that to people who don't want to hear that who don't even want to remotely hear anything about, you know, oh, man, God's going to get the glory out of this. And, you know, he's in heaven in, in, in a grand mansion floating in the sky. And you're like, show me. Like, I, I don't know that for real. Like, I believe it, but I don't see it for real. So I, I, it, it still hurts. You know, you can't negate the fact that it still sucks that we, that we die. So from Jesus' perspective, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and just save, save Lazarus. I'm going to save him four days instead of three. That way y'all know for real, for real that he's dead. But then all of us is like, well, like, Lazarus is actually dead. And his body is for real decaying. And I get it, you know, he's, uh, he's going to die and come back and everything like that. But does he come back in, like, a brand new body? And, like, does he, is he still, like, decaying, zombified and stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? He didn't even have to go through the whole death process. He was just sick. You could have stopped this a week beforehand. Like, that's that's... I think there is, uh, I, I say all this to say that although we do know there is glory that God is going to get even in death, 
that doesn't inherently mean that our feelings and emotions around death aren't valid. Well, to, to that, like, I mean, this, this is going to sound kind of insensitive because it is insensitive, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is. I'm not going to lie. It's very insensitive, what I'm about to say right now. I'm just prefacing that. Uh, but, like, it goes back to my point that we're shallow as human beings because while, well, it's true we should have emotions, right? We still got to look at the bigger picture. And I mean that the text backs that up. And we didn't read this part, but Jesus did weep. Mm-hmm. Even though Jesus knew I'm going to bring him back to life. Mm-hmm. Jesus still cried over Lazarus dying. Mm-hmm. So it's not that like, hey, you just get rid of your emotions and, and know that everything is going to be all right. Now nah, weep, cry, but like still see that there's a, a better side to this than what your negative emotions are just telling you. That's why I said when a door closes or when God says no, you know, it's, it's okay to, for me, I, I, I feel the devastation, I feel the disappointment, I, I, I mourn the loss, um, but at some point, you know, we, we have to recharge and reactivate our faith you know, especially if you are a believer in God and believer in Christ and, and their miracles and their powers. No, we're not going to know the end game. No, we're not going to know, okay, what is going to manifest from this loss? What is going to manifest from this situation? Now, when we're talking in terms of actual death, um, you know, that's just mourning and pain and, and loss that we just have to, to walk through. Um and again, recharge your faith in the aspect of saying, you know what, whatever suffering that they may have gone through, they're not going through that anymore. Um, but when it comes to other areas of loss that aren't necessarily like life or death, you know, yeah, at some point we have to, we have to believe and know. I mean, that's exactly why uh, Jesus did this. That's exactly why he waited to the point where it's like, it's, there's no hope. No, that I mean, he's basically crumbled up now. You know, how is this even going to... That is why he did this. So that future generations can say, you know what, but he did this in, the, in spite of, and it looked like... Uh, it looked like there was no no restoration for this situation. And then that's the point of the lesson. Some stuff in our lives has to die. Not just people, mm-hmm. but there are relationships and careers and ways of thinking. There are family connections that have to die sometime. Mm-hmm. And the, that's why this is called do not resuscitate. Because we find ourselves trying to bring a bunch of stuff back to life that God ever tried to save. God's trying Facts. Facts. It's like, man, she's going to work out, man. I promise she's going to yeah, work out. Yeah, no. Let it go. Let that go. But I feel it, man. Something about him. It's just. And that's what we need to realize. God, and sometimes I believe there are relationships that are Lazarus. 
but you can't get to the good part of the relationship because you're trying to provide the bad part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't get to the right job because you won't let your... Look, this is the setup for Jesus' resurrection. What if Jesus would have caved in and gone and healed Lazarus? There will be no precedent for the resurrection. Folks might not believe it as much. Think about it. Folks were like, y'all say they stole his body, but I can't believe that because I see Lazarus and I know Lazarus was dead. I went to Lazarus' funeral. I was at the gravesite when Lazarus got up. I rolled away the stone for Jesus. So if Mary says that Jesus got up out of the grave, I believe her. Am I making sense? Yeah. So I believe some stuff has to die. Some stuff we have to let God do what he's doing. Yeah, and, and just to interject, to circle back to the, the first question of does, you know, does God heal uh, or does God say no to healing? And I had mentioned that sometimes if we are not willing to let something go in order to get to that healing place, you know, that's kind of the same aspect. Like, you know, how can you resurrect something if you don't let it go in the first place? There's no resurrection where there is no death. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Why Not Podcast. And once again, if you like what you heard, then we will be posting an episode on our app every Wednesday. And if you need to contact us, you can contact us on our Facebook page at Why Not. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast or want to just continue a dialogue, you can message us on there. Now, I want to end off with this. What Milton said holds very true, and I want that to sit in our heads for a while. There's no resurrection if there is no death. Now think about that for a second. Because us as the Western world are fascinated with this idea of the new me, or living my best life, or being the new and improved version of whoever I am. But we don't want to go through the pain of actually living that out. Because if we did, we would understand that in order to be the new you, you have to kill off the old you. Once again, I am your host, JP, wishing everybody a good morning, a good evening, and a good night.